What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. The Yankees are rolling, putting up some big boy wins on the road in Los Angeles after putting up some big boy wins on the road in Seattle. The lineup and the roster, they keep changing. The winning stays the same after so much claiming in April that this was a little 2021-y, it's a lot more 2019-y lately. But that's no reason uh, to stop yourself from being a little bit upset about the situation at hand. Nestor Cortez is getting checked out today. Probably an IL situation, says Aaron Boone. Nestor says, my shoulder hurts a lot two, three days after my starts. Yeah, sounds like probably an IL situation to me. The Yankees say he's going to miss one to two starts. I say more. Aaron Judge's toe hurts because he made a game-saving catch on Saturday running into a concrete portion of the wall. He ripped through the fence. He slammed his toe into the concrete block. Judge says, I don't know what a broken toe feels like, so I don't want to say that this is that. Wow, I sure think this sounds like that. Um, So it feels like Aaron Judge is about to miss some significant time. Still glad he saved the game on Saturday These are the breaks of the game. But if you want to minimize a toe injury, just remember what happened to DJ LeMahieu last year and also kind of happened to DJ LeMahieu this year. Now, that was some sort of weird condition. This is just a broken toe. There's nothing you could do for a broken toe. If it doesn't require surgery, you just kind of wait a little bit and then you play on a somewhat broken toe. This isn't going to ruin Aaron Judge's season in all likelihood, but it is probably going to keep him out. For a little while, he believes he's going to avoid the IL. I believe differently. But again, the on-field stuff for the New York Yankees, whether Judge is in there or not, whether DJ is hitting 240 and striking out at the highest increase in year-over-year rate of any player in Major League Baseball, whether Volpe is 0 for 14 coming into a Sunday night showcase, it doesn't seem to matter all that much because they're finding a way to get the job done. If I got on the air and told you after the Severino start, Uh, the most hard contact a Yankee starter has given up in the stat cast era on Friday night. You would, and told you that they ended up winning this series and dramatic fashion in two very memorable games in LA continuing a weird streak of success at Dodger stadium, 2019. They did well there 2010. You may remember they came back from six, two down in the ninth and then one on a Cano home run, some fun Yankee wins at Dodger stadium in recent history. The Dodgers have uh, not really gotten the best of the Bombers, and this was another huge one. Shout-outs moving forward, injury concerns. We'll talk all about the roster, and you can find us here, right here, 2 o'clock Eastern, every Monday and Thursday, chatting about the series that just passed and previewing the upcoming slate, as well as on every podcast platform, Apple, Google, Spotify. We thank everybody for your support. Chime in in the comments, joining us on the streams, and getting the audio version later. If you are not a YouTube person, I understand not being a YouTube person. I don't really want to watch me. I'm going to listen to the podcast platform afterwards. But you know what? You have that ability as well. We thank you for doing it. Thomas Carinante, also on the show, yep. per usual, has a special offer for you, valued listeners. 
Yes, everybody. Speaking of supporting the podcast and supporting us, we thank you endlessly. And here's another opportunity to do so. This is for Yankees fans. It's really for everybody who's listening. Any Dodgers fans in here? Anybody want to chat about that? Um, nonetheless, we have an awesome sports betting promo for new Bet365 users. So we've gone from DraftKings to Caesars. Now we're at Bet365. Let's have some fun. Make new accounts for all of them. Get all these bonus bets. All you have to do is deposit $10, place a $1 wager on any sport. You will instantly receive $200 in your account in bonus bets, whether you win or lose, same great deal. All you have to do is use the code YGY betting at sign up. YGY betting. By using that code, you will not only receive the $200 in bonus bets, but you'll be directly supporting us, which is cool, right? We're nice guys. We try to be at least. So if you haven't signed up for bet365, join with the code YGY betting and place that first bet. Doesn't matter if you win or lose. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in most gambling legal gambling states. So please make sure that um, uh, pertains to you. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Cannot emphasize that enough. Check the episode description for full terms of this offer. Um, I got three things at the top. Yeah. Uh, number one, I'm sick of watching Luis Severino, which we'll get into in a minute. 100%. Um, number two is fuck JD Martinez. Why doesn't he stop? I don't get it. He continues to kick our ass. Um, and three, what I tell you. I said Thursday we were going to take two or three, or we could take two or three. Um, that was my prediction. Said we'd win the Michael Grove game. Thank God we did that. And then I Thank said, God. get to the bullpen in one of these two other games. It would have been totally doable. And who knows what would have happened on Friday if Luis Severino doesn't give up six runs in the first because we ended up tagging Kershaw for two. And then Donaldson got to the bullpen in the ninth, hit that two-run homer. Obviously, it would have been a little bit different because the lower-level uh, leverage relievers would not have been in in that situation. But you have to wonder if Severino doesn't put you in a 6-0 hole what this could be looking like, especially with the Dodgers not really playing great baseballs of late, 8-10 eight, eight and 10 in their last 18. So, um, you got to be feeling good after this, everybody. I, I don't know what to tell you if you're not. I know the judge injury news and the Nesser injury news are both tough, but um, Yankees got through. I think this is the hardest stretch of their schedule through the first couple months. They had the least amount of off days of any MLB team, um, and they faced, I think, the team. they had the second hardest schedule. So can't really be complaining 11 games above 500. And if the Rays, you know, the Rays got through their very easy part of the schedule, um, in April. So if we can capitalize on our uh, soft stretch, then we're looking at a division run. Yeah, no Mondays ever again in June. We do <laughs> not play on Monday. So that's the 5th, 12th, 19th, and 26th all off. We also get a Thursday off day in there cool. next week. But we come home, face the White Sox and Red Sox, not discounting either of those opponents. The White Sox fresh off a sweep, and the Red Sox are the Red Sox. But there's a difference between going to Seattle and LA and playing at home against uh, AL teams that are sort of nicking the 500 mark at best. Uh, shout out to the Red Sox, by the way, epic four, nothing comeback in the first game of their four game set against Tampa Red Sox fans sort of going like, all right, here we go. And, and Yankee fans going, Hey, thank you. Very helpful. We, we need you to knock off the Rays a couple times, uh, give up a tie breaking two run, uh, hit to the Rays in the second game of that doubleheader, and then give the Rays two runs on a, a single yesterday a little league home run funniest uh, so thing Rays, ever seen. Rays strike point. back and immediately score uh, and win two more games and Alex Core says our defense is bad I gotta find the guy responsible for this it's like eh, it might be you actually <laughs> you. I literally I I'm going on the record saying this I do not care who manages the Red Sox next I don't care if it's like actually a genius I just want Alex Cora fired Same. I don't root for I don't root for anybody to lose their jobs except Alex Cora 
him i absolutely root for and he'll get another job if he gets fired so it's not even it's not even rooting for that it's just rooting for him to be gone from his current position it would be it would be eternally satisfying they already did it once and they went back and undid it they just like them to do it again um imagine being angry about the way that this series played out uh other than like the severino element of it all uh what do you get you get donaldson and giancarlo back on friday donaldson hits two home runs it's his best game as a yankee potentially stanton homers as well uh donaldson gets everybody get they get two days a person so donaldson plays on saturday and stan plays on sunday stanton hits a 112 mile an hour double into the gap that's hit too hard to score anthony rizzo in the eighth inning of yesterday's game luckily uh Zvaldo cabrera with the dribbler the contact play works twice in that game i don't think it's worked in the last 10 years of my yankee fandom it scores two <laughs> runs in the ninth in the eighth and, and the seventh inning of yesterday's game and then anthony volpe the anthony volpe at all garrett cole's great he leaves uh he leaves with cramps give him credit domingo herman shakes off the sticky stuff again with his best start of the season mm-hmm. better than any of the sticky stuff starts i don't know if kevin gossman still wants those three innings back but they might look exactly the fucking same because it's clear <laughs> that he's uh no longer past the legal limit of rosin and just beat the best lineup in the national league most relentless lineup in the national league made freddie freeman look like a fool when the umpires put james outman on first base after he struck out and Aaron Boone did an impression of the umpire, uh, which is not going to win him any favors. Kind of going like, Duh! like I don't think you're really allowed to do that anymore. Love so it. Uh, it came back with a strikeout of Betts and a strikeout of Freeman. Uh, Herman, great. Cole, great. Severino, the sore spot. But Anthony Volpe, too. Uh, just a little bit of credit for the kid because uh, I think we, we can have this debate all week and all year, and we will. We'll keep talking about this. We're, I'm never going to know if opening day was the right time to call Anthony Volpe up. I'm never going to be say beyond a shadow of a doubt. I know what he'd be doing at AAA now because uh, I'm captain hindsight and that's what I do. I absolutely know he would be learning things at AAA. He mastered double A last year, like mastering AAA doesn't really, you know, AAA is double A's top prospects. AAA is 28 year old former big leaguers. So mm-hmm. there's still a learning curve going between AAA and the majors. I don't know, and I know that I, I can't. I can't look at Volpe's numbers and be like, I'm satisfied. He's been awesome, and it's certainly troubling that he started to master things in early May and then got worse, and then had a couple of weeks of very soft contact and ended up dipping from 220 to 188. Um, I'm not happy with that, but what I do know is he has a nine homers, 26 RBI on a 162 game pace for 24 bombs and 34 stolen bases. A Mike Dedino tweet just popped up on my feed. The players under 20, 22 or under who've ever done that 2030 bonds, a rod trout, Acuna, Bobby Witt last year. So, uh, it's not like Volpe has grabbed the bull by the horns and taken the league by storm, but the power's there. The production is there. When he gets on base and he's confident the stolen bases are there. And again, 95-mile-an-hour fastball yesterday, two outs, one on, 2-1 game, and he hits a no-doubt home run. Uh, and for someone who's been – has every right to be going through mental struggles right now based on what's been going on over the last two weeks of his season with the Peraza chants getting louder by the day. Everybody wants a move to be made. Everyone wants the Yankees to pull the plug on this – experiment already again the experiment is on pace for 20 plus homers and 30 plus stolen bases this year he just quiets the doubters again with a huge two-run home run to basically win the game because if he doesn't homer it's 2-1 in the ninth the Yankees don't have a closer Michael King not available Wandy Peralta in the game against Will Smith Max Muncy JD Martinez JD Martinez is going yard 
right? He is. He's 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 gonna homer again, probably. The leadoff man reaches base. It's without that miracle pickoff play, without the Volpe home run, it's a very different game. So yeah. uh give Anthony Volpe credit for you know the Jeter comparisons were made on the Saturday night broadcast. They don't have to be. Everybody knows it. He knows it. But what a huge ending to that series for him. And an exclamation point on, again, really top quality play from a Yankees team that was relying on Jake Bowers and Willie Calhoun and IKF and doesn't have a center fielder on the roster. And they go to Dodger Stadium and win two games. Yeah, look, they got a little bit lucky here. The Dodgers scored, what, um, two, five, six runs after that first inning ass whooping of Luis Severino. So, um the Dodgers are a very good team. They haven't entirely been great um, over the last month of month or so or three weeks or so of play. Yeah. Um, but hey, the Yankees were disadvantaged just as, uh, you know, just as much. If you want to talk the Dodgers, you know, being perhaps a little bit slumped on the offensive end, the Yankees don't the Yankees don't have a full strength squad Um they're, uh, you know, two, uh, they, they, they had Domingo Herman, um, pitching in this series, which you didn't think was going to be, uh, great for the finale, especially against Bobby Miller, who's been mowing through MLB lineups at this point. And he um, was great. It's not like great. Bobby Miller wasn't awesome. Dominant. Um, so it, this didn't, it, it, on paper, you could have made an argument for a Yankee series win, but the Dodgers with, obviously a fully healthy squad with a lot of guys, you know, performing incredibly well. Um, the Yankees managed to come out of this in an impressive manner. Uh, the Volpe home run, you can't stress enough how big that is for him. He has had a rough year when you look at the totality of it, but he's had a lot of memorable moments. You remember some of the slick glove plays that he made. You remember some of the big hits that he's had. And you know this game is different, two to one going into the ninth with that leadoff runner getting on, because our relievers pitch very, very differently when that happens. And Wandy had a poor outing the night before, um, so with the three extra, the three run cushion there, that did wonders. Um, you look around to the other performances too, like Garrett Cole really needed a rebound outing, um, and it didn't line up nicely for him facing the best uh, lineup in the National League. But he came in, he got the job done. Um, you look at, uh, Michael King, uh, who got kind of, they were hitting the ball hard off him, but he managed to get out of some tough situations. Um, and you look at the lineup, look, Oswaldo got demoted and then came back and then homers and then has, um, was that the go ahead RBI in the seventh last night? Yeah. That in, was the, in the eighth, he got it. Eighth, Higgy got yeah. the first one. Higgy got the first one. Yeah, Oswaldo got the second. Yeah. So, I mean, look, not the sexiest, sexiest of hits, but put the ball in play, hustled down the line, put it, you know, put it where the defenders weren't. Uh, yeah. A little bit of luck involved, but that home run the other day also was huge because the Dodgers were starting to storm back late in that game as well. And if not for that play from Aaron judge, who knows where we're at. So overall you have to be encouraged by what you saw this weekend. You have Donaldson, two homers um, in the Friday game. That was the lone positive to probably come out of that one. Stanton is seeing the ball, I think, a lot better than maybe we had anticipated because usually he comes off these IL stints and he's absolutely brutal for like the first mm -hmm. few games. Um, so overall, there is no way you can complain about that road trip. Yeah, if a couple more things bounced our way, you're looking at a sweep of the Mariners and then you're looking at maybe a more competitive game on Friday uh, that could have potentially resulted in a win. But um, 
Yankees are being very resilient right now with what they're working with. I think Aaron Boone's actually doing, continuing to do a good job managing. Uh, I know that people are always going to be frustrated with him, but uh, again, to be 36 and 25 um, after playing with this schedule, with these few amount of days off, with all these injuries, uh, with all these other question marks of people being like day to day and stuff like that. Um, you got to give it to Aaron Boone and you know, look, he's still standing up for his guys. I understand it is crazy that, you know, everyone says he acts like a baby by yelling at these umps. I watched a lot of baseball this year, a lot of other games. I haven't seen the amount of bad calls in other games that I've seen in these Yankee games that he's had. He's rightfully complained about the strike zone against the O's. That was fucking ridiculous. Last night with that check swing, if you go back to 2020, he freaked out on this um, umpire. His name is uh, John Tumpain. In 2020, he was the home plate ump for a Yankees-Marlins game at the stadium. He called the lowest strike three on Aaron Judge you will literally ever see. It was literally at his ankles. Boone flipped out, got ejected. Um, and then you uh, fast, uh, you rewind to the inning prior um, I forgot who was pitching in that one. Who was it? I think it was Domingo. It was Domingo again in that one. And he is painting the corners with Gary at the plate, who's obviously not framing them tremendously, but neither was the Marlins catcher, whoever it was at the time. And he's calling all of these strikes that are in the K zone balls. So I don't know what's going on with the umps and the Yankees this year. Obviously I'm sure there's plenty of you folks out there who will step in and say that your team's been through the gamut with these guys making shitty calls, but the Yankees have been on, the end of a lot of egregious stuff this year. And Aaron Boone has had a very, very good case to be yelling and, you know, making dumb face impressions. Yeah. I'm not exactly thrilled because that's not going to help him later in the year when some of these, you know, head cases are uh, calling these games and it's in a bigger situation and they're going to be, you know, they're going to have a quick trigger to eject him once he starts running his mouth, but he's standing up for his guys. You hear all these players in the post game, they enjoy it because they like how he's, he has their backs. Um, and I, you can't, you cannot blame him for the stuff that he has been complaining about. Cause it's, it's been absolutely terrible and the league does have to do something about it eventually. Yeah. I don't know why. There like, was a swing out and swung. He swung all the way around all the 80, way, 80% of the way around. I, I understand if you don't like the New York Yankees, you're like, ah, here's Boone right. whining, crying. And we said the same thing about John Schneider, the only difference is that Aaron Boone was right. John Schneider was wrong and started accusing Aaron Judge of cheating and calling everybody fat boy. Uh, I think <laughs> Aaron Boone's a lot more mature than that. But again, if you don't like the Yankees, you're going to say, oh, yeah, of course, the manager's whining all the time. What's he ever won? And we'll have to go, ah, you know what? You're right. He hasn't really won all that much in the postseason. So, sure. uh, you know, if you want to start complaining about it and you're, you're a hater, good for you. But uh, I'd rather see my manager stand up for – his players especially when they're getting consistently wronged like this the call yesterday was ridiculous and i'm glad they didn't eject him uh he spat on the umpire last week that was very obviously an accident uh <laughs> but he still got suspended for like the eighth injection of the year john boy broke it down the, the zones for the orioles and yankees were completely different in that game and boone came out basically saying like look i'm trying to help you like these calls are not even close you, you are your bias is showing whether it's unconscious or not and the umpire ran him, and so he screamed at him, and a little spit got from his lip to the other man's face. Not great. Again, you don't want that, but Boone was right. Boone's been right a lot more often this year than he's been wrong, and we had that. We he had the frank conversation about Boone managing the bullpen. Yeah, 
in early May because we had to. And it was like, man, is this really not getting any better five years in? Are we still cautiously manipulating the, the later innings? Like, are we really acting like Clay Holmes is a lockdown closer? We won't let Domingo Herman face Ahmed Rosario for fear that he gives up a home run. Kudos to Boone yesterday for learning and, and adapting to a different situation. Domingo is red hot. The bullpen doesn't exactly have anybody that is necessarily going to come in in the seventh or eighth yesterday and clean things up. Michael King, who was great the day before, is not available. So Outman reaches base. Uh, he shouldn't have, but he did. And you've got Betts coming up, and you've got uh, Freddie Freeman coming up. And, and you could have pulled Domingo after 60 pitches if you really wanted to. If you wanted to go by the Ahmed Rosario corollary, like, oh, I don't want Mookie Betts taking him deep in a nothing, nothing game. So I got to yank him in the six. So I don't want Freeman taking him deep. He strikes out bets. He strikes out Freeman and Boone learns from his mistakes, or I don't even want to call it. I mean, I guess I will call it a mistake. He should not have pulled him in the Cleveland game, but Boone learns from that looks at the situation yesterday. says, I don't have an option as good as Domingo and his current curveball in my bullpen. So I'm going to sink or swim with him. And he goes all the way into the seventh inning, two outs faces JD Martinez hangs a breaker and the game gets tied. But I don't think, Aaron Boone and the Yankees should regret that one no, bit. You all. should not pre- – oh, two pitch. He's one strike away from getting out of the inning. He throws a bad pitch to J.D. Martinez. But that's telling. Like, that's what Boone said he was trying to avoid in the Cleveland game. It happened to him yesterday, and they still win the game. And, and I still think Boone would say after that he, he would do it again. That's why I was so uh, disappointed with Boone when he was like, well, we don't want the two-run home run there to a bad hitter. So we pulled Domingo immediately. It's like, okay, well, this time he gave up the home run to tie the game to a much better hitter. And in the postgame, for, not for one second, was Boone concerned with like, oh, yeah, should have pulled Domingo after six and two-thirds. My bad. No, they win the game, you move on. Uh, and so I was, I was happy to see that growth. Of course, and nobody, again, it was one of those situations where nobody's going to complain if no one, I don't think anyone's, anybody on Yankees Twitter, any rational person on Yankees Twitter was complaining about that home run. J.D. guessed, guessed right. Yeah, it, Domingo left it up in the zone a little bit, but J.D. Martinez was kicking our ass all weekend. I don't think it matters who was facing him in that moment. Um, so, again, you needed to uh, you needed to ride the hot hand. You needed to obviously uh, – have Domingo go as far into this game as he could have because you had Garrett Cole leave with cramps after six the day before, which wasn't the worst thing in the world, but you did have to go to Wandy sooner than you expected. He had a bad outing, and then you have to go to King for two innings, and then you go to Clay. So all those guys pitched the day before. So you don't want to have to re-up with all of them um, the very next day against very good hitters in the Dodgers order. You go with the guy who's faced these batters numerous times already, and kind of knows their tendencies at that point. And I thought that was good instinctual stuff there. As for what are we looking at this week? A lot of stuff happening. A lot more injuries. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why it keeps happening. I, who do we blame? No one to blame. I think it's just the baseball gods at this point. Um, Nestor's down. Uh, he was scheduled start for Tuesday. He is no longer scheduled. He is it is now a TBD slot. He's dealing with shoulder soreness. Um, two things are creeping into my mind. Is this a fake IL stint because he needs to work through some things? Or is this actually explaining the troubles that he's having this season? Is the shoulder barking when he reaches 75 pitches or the fifth inning? I don't know. We've seen the Yankees do this before, yeah. give people rest on the IL especially people who are having trouble 
Um, but it could be one of two things. It's either he's getting a reset or this is explaining everything that we've been kind of dealing with this year. It's either fake or extremely real. Yeah. That, that's the option. Like when did Boone corner him in the dugout and say, you tell me you're okay. Are you okay? Like be honest. Are you okay? It was like what, a month ago. Like he either something was barking in like the angels game from the end of April or it's just a reset. And that's why Boone is saying, Hey, maybe an IL stint, you know, just skip it starts, making sure we're getting him right or whatever. The way Nestor described it, it sounds like I'm not saying it's going to be a problem any more serious than inflammation, but the way he described it, he's like two, three days after my starts, I can't recover and throw a proper, proper bullpen session. My shoulder still hurts. It's like, all right, great. Well then you should go on the injured list because you shouldn't be pitching major league baseball games right now. Not a judgment on Nestor and maybe not all to blame for the third time through the order struggles. But if you're having that kind of recovery issue, not even, not even that shocking after he threw the most innings he's ever thrown last year. And he's a finesse guy, no matter what you say about his surprisingly effective fastball, it's still peaking at 93. He is a finesse guy. If he's experiencing pain and isn't able to get that rotation or command or whatever's going with the pain, then yeah, get him out of there. Like I've been woe is me about injuries in the past, but if, if he's hurt and he's hurting the team by starting, then let's go ahead and grab somebody else and, and bring them up to start for the time being. That's Randy good. Vasquez was good enough when he was here yeah. a week and a half ago. I don't know if he gets the shot over Brito, but he probably should. Um, we lose Greg Allen in this series uh, to a hip thing that he tries to fight through. And I'm glad he did. Uh, but he can't play baseball right now. Ryan Weaver goes on the IL and I'm sort of saying like, all right, well then that's an excuse. Like, cause you were going to have to DFA him in order to bring up a reliever to cover innings after so many people picked up for Severino on Friday. I was like, ah, IL stint. Like that's fake. That one's fake because you'd have to DFA him. Otherwise then he comes out. He's like, yeah, I got forearm pain in the bad place. And we're like, Oh, never mind. It's so real. Like Ryan Weaver needs Tommy John probably. So that's great. Um, but you know, I, I don't think you can argue that they haven't gotten the most out of him this season. Yeah. I don't think any of us were like, he's a key to the postseason bullpen. Like this is for sure going to last. We love him, but I, I'm he's not a key so to get you through a full regular season. Yes, absolutely. They're going to have to they're, if they're they're going to have to find somebody else to do his job. They're going to have yep. to call up Matt Crook and actually use him this time or, mm -hmm. or something like that. He's far more erratic than Weber. Um, Don't we have I a weirdo at AAA, like a weirdo veteran who's hanging out? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we have Davey who uh, e eagle eyed. Oh, yeah. Eagle-eyed readers brought to my attention yesterday that I published a thing about how the Yankees believe he might be turning a corner as a reliever, and he just absolutely imploded yesterday Did and uh, blew the save and got walked off. His ERA is now in the mid-fives. Awesome. So that's cool. We have Tyler oh, there's, Lyons. Yeah, there's uh, there's James Norwood, mm -hmm. who uh, the ex-Phillies guy who throws really hard. We have our guy Tyler Lyons is still hanging out there, um, and Colton Brewer uh the early season favorite who uh yeah had that nice outing against his former team five his first uh two appearances five scoreless innings and um i think it was three innings and two innings against the rays and uh somebody else it was another team it was another baseball team that was playing baseball so he was good know. in cleveland he threw a bunch of cleveland, shutout yeah, in cleveland. cleveland yeah uh i mean i let yeah it'll probably be colton brewer to be honest um but 
I, I don't know. My guy Aaron McLongball is there too when uh, mm-hmm. they brought him in without a name and then wearing the wrong jersey to give him a dinner <laughs> in spring training. Uh, we tweeted back and forth with him for a little while. He was super funny. So, like, hey, if that guy gets a big league shot, kind of reminiscent of, of Weber, actually, the stuff yeah. and, and the weird herky jerky deception. Uh, but yeah, they're going to find, they're going to need to find somebody to replace him. Honestly, I just feel bad for Oswaldo Cabrera here. And maybe I feel less bad for him now that he's come back up and hit an insurance home run on Saturday, as well as come in for defense yesterday and dribbled that grounder to the perfect spot and got another big RBI. And in fact, the game winning RBI in Sunday's game, but he had real stuff to work on at triple a like he was not getting any better at the big league level this year we just put up a piece today from from uh, one of our contributors justin gershon who examined the line drive being far down the expected batting average and all the metrics being extremely poor for oswaldo who's just rolling over pitches not making contact not making hard contact he's got some actual stuff in his swing to work on now maybe the one day demotion where he played no games reset his head and things are immediately going to change. But I actually was excited for him to get some run at AAA and get acquainted with lower pressure games. And he's not going to get that chance at all. Um, And if, if Weber does have to go on the 60 day IL, there was a way to create a roster spot there that, that gives you a 40 man spot. If we'd kept Cole Calhoun who just opted out, I kind of would have rather seen him get the 40 man spot, get called up temporarily. See Mm. Oswaldo stay at triple a and get Weber to the 60 man, 60 day. I don't know, man. Like the timing there could have been better for us to get a different shot in the arm. But I guess if Oswaldo was going to have two impactful games in a row, then I don't have any right to complain. But right now I, I was excited for him to get some run down in the minors and he didn't get it. Well, you never know. Remember, they're probably going to keep DJ and uh, Donaldson off their feet and Stanton for the time being off their feet every day. I know we have the off day today, but um, I wouldn't count on too many back-to-backs in the next couple weeks with them. So maybe that helps Oswaldo a little bit. I don't know, buddy. Hopefully it works out. I don't know. And if you're betting on the A's getting any help internally, why not do it with Bet365? We have an awesome sports betting promo for all new Bet365 users. All you have to do is deposit $10, place a $1 wager on any sport. You'll instantly receive $200 added to your account in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. All you have to do is use the code YGYBetting at sign up. Easy code. Use that code YGYBetting. You not only receive the $200 in bonuses, but you will also be directly supporting the podcast. That's us. That's the company. Uh, we love corporate interest, don't we? So let's support the <laughs> podcast, please. If you haven't signed up for Bet365, join with the code YGYBetting and place that first bet. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus physically present in most legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One last injury concern that I guess we have to talk about before we move on. 
I guess not one last because I'm also concerned about Luis Severino. I feel like that might be an injury. But both. Uh, Aaron Judge's Aaron Judge's toe, like it's a weird one because uh, all the cryptic comments from Judge yesterday indicated that he sort of seems to think this is pretty serious, although it's serious in a relative sense, serious enough that it's probably broken, serious enough that he's probably going to have to miss some time. A broken toe is certainly not the most serious possible medical malady. It's not a broken wrist. It's not a fractured rib, which is something that I thought he might have after ramming into the fence full speed. If it's just the toe and it's not a weird extenuating circumstance like DJ LeMahieu, you can't write it off, but you've probably broken your toe in real life. I've slammed my toe into a wall. I've broken a toe. If it's not something that requires surgery, which it seems like it's not, I'd rather it be a toe than a foot. I didn't like hearing the judge's foot was sore. That could be like a weird you know, plantar fascia thing, tendon thing. Is it in the step? Where in the foot is it? Is it the ankle? Once it's the toe, I'm like, all right, well, crap. Like if this were the playoffs, he'd play through it. Yeah, probably. There's nothing you can really do for a broken toe. Brief Google, like they they just want you to like elevate it for like a week. Swelling will go down and then theoretically you just go about your day and splint it up. I don't know. I, I foresee Judge probably missing a couple weeks with, with a busted toe. And, and pending, I guess we'll learn more information about this. Hopefully we learn more tomorrow. I don't really want my off day marred by thinking about Aaron Judge's toe. But he said he's going to fight to stay off the IL. I know he will. Obviously he will. Um, I don't think that he will. And, and of course, uh, who comes to town for the first time this season? The Red Sox over the weekend. And we go play the Red Sox at Fenway next week, too. So Judge is going to miss probably a couple weeks that just so happen to contain half the Red Sox games of the 2023 season. Is anybody stunned? I'm not. I want, uh, there's gotta be some sort of insurance claim that could be filed for that bullpen door in yeah. LA. I don't, that's, that's crazy. I mean, I thought you were saying that maybe an insurance claim to avoid judges contract. I was like, Whoa, Whoa, that's a, that's a little hasty. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, well, um, well, we do need to figure out uh, the situation at Dodger Stadium because that can't happen. I know Judge is a large man, uh, yeah. and any person of that size ramming into a wall can theoretically make that happen. But that was that was shocking with how loose that door looked and how quickly it became fucking completely, completely. Uh, uh unhinged it looked like it wasn't a door it was a wall like that that wasn't supposed that wasn't even the door part oh, wasn't that the bullpen door? no that no. that was the craziest part the bullpen door was not what he opened he okay, opened good. a fence oh so then you have a better better reason to so if it was the door you could say oh you know he hit the thing he hit the hatch loose and it opened now this was just a wall that broke um so yeah dodger second wealthiest uh franchise in in the league Let's maybe figure that out. That'd be cool. Um, in terms of my concerns, yeah, this fucking sucks. Um, you knew when it happened that it wasn't going to be good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I am sitting here thinking he's going to be out for two weeks. I don't think that that's my vibe right now. I think that um, it could be something as little as a sprain. It could be as something as little as a bruise and you just got to give it a day or two. Um, obviously he needs to get the x-rays and the MRI to give more details there. Um, which again, don't know why you can't do that in Los Angeles, why you have to wait to get all the way back to New York. Um, but 
Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling not too worried about it. I don't know why. I hope that that's, um, I hope that that's a valid feeling on my end. I, uh, I just am, I'm having really good vibes with this team right now. So I'm trying to not think worst case scenario, but yeah, it would be classic if judge missed two weeks and all those Red Sox games and, um, it would give Boston fans a reason to say something, you know, we'll go into that series, be like, Oh, look, you're already a year in an injury prone judge is back to being on the IL twice this year. I can't wait to hear that. Cause you know that that's exactly what they're going to say. Um, nonetheless, hoping at the very least, maybe you sit him out a couple games for the white Sox cause they suck ass. Um, and then you just move on and hopefully he's fine after a few days. There was some really dumb stuff last night, too. They just won a very impressive game at Chavez Ravine. And then Judge started talking about his toe being like, my toe hurts. And everybody's quote tweeting it like, well, this is the worst fucking thing I've ever read. Okay, (laughs) guys, like it's actually like I don't want to do like you look if they if they sit him out, they're right to sit him out. Right. This isn't the 50s anymore. But if it was the 50s, he'd be playing through this broken toe Mm -hmm. injury. Um, so I'm glad that he's going to recuperate for however long he needs. But people being like, <laughs> this is the worst day of my fucking life after like winning an exciting baseball game. It's like, I don't really have that much patience for that. Um, not great, but you know. I have no patience for anybody. So yeah, I apparently have no patience. Again, our, our best friend saying like, oh, is it the goal of this podcast to alienate listeners? Nope. Just the dumb ones. If you're, not, <laughs> you're, not like um, if you're smart, keep listening. That's it um we got nine Louis- small people here how you doing folks yeah what's up everybody uh Luis severino probably an issue though right um i don't i don't <laughs> i'm not gonna say he's not i'm not gonna say he's not tipping his pitches i'm not gonna just be like hey everybody was being cagey about him tipping his pitches and boone was like we're gonna work on it internally and sevy was like hey, if i was i was like not gonna say he wasn't tipping his pitches but he was also throwing 94 and occasionally down to 92 in the second inning he also gave up eight hits in the first inning so whether he's tipping his pitches or not which again he might be kind of seems like he was there's something else wrong there maybe more than just between the ears like the again katie sharp i gotta pull up the percentages but she tweeted that it was at the time i was like is this the worst start ever? Like, it really feels like the worst Yankee start I've ever seen. Just getting mashed around the field. And Katie Sharp tweeted that that was, in fact, true. 13 of 18 batted balls by the Dodgers were hard hit. That's a 95-plus mile-an-hour exit velocity. 72.2% of the batted balls. In the StatCast era, that's since 2015, that's the highest rate by a Yankees pitcher in a game. Minimum 17 batted balls. So he stuck around long enough to get up to 18 batted balls. 13 hard hit bad balls tied for the most by a Yankees pitcher ever again. So this is the worst start in some metrics by a Yankee since 2015. So it was a really, really bad generationally bad start. Um, and whether he's uh-huh. tipping, tipping, whatever, say what you will about his, you know, the, the flaws in his mechanics or whatever. He was humming 99 in the start before this. Then he was down to 94, 92 against the Dodgers I can't be the only, they tell me he checked out fine physically. Okay. Well, I don't buy that for one second or he forgot his mechanics from start to start. Cause that doesn't just happen. Yeah. Either way. It's, it's one of two things. It's either he it's, it's either it's an injury and it's more the same with him because he can never stay healthy. And I don't know if that's a bad luck thing, or I don't know if that's a maintenance thing on his part, but at this point it's exhausting or two it's, he is he doesn't have his head in the game 
And he's kind of famous for that. At this point, if you are, he's been in the league since 2017. If you've been around for six years, you cannot be tipping your pitches like that, especially if you're as, if you're as, you know, theoretically talented as Luis Severino is, because I love the people on Yankees Twitter claiming that we're going to get the vintage version of Luis Severino, despite the fact that he's barely pitched since 2019. Yet we're still, we're just going to rewind the clock back to 2018 and we're going to get these ace starts from him all of a sudden. Look, I hope he does well. He needs to do well for himself. He needs to do well for this team. I don't want him to do poorly, but when he does poorly, it's just very easy to hone in on and talk about because it's more of the same. He forgot the start time of a playoff game. He openly called out the team multiple times about how they have handled his injuries when he was the one who withheld injury information from them, which led to his long layoff. Um, Now, we sat here and we were a little bit optimistic upon his return because a pretty decent start against the Reds for his season debut on the road. I'll take that from somebody who's still on a pitch limit and needed to get back into game action. Sure. Then he faces the Padres. He had one of the best innings of his career I've ever seen in that one ends up going six and two thirds with one earned, but I'm not ready. I wasn't ready at that point to give him all the credit in the world because the Padres are one of the most disappointing offensive teams in the entire league. I know they have a lot of stars in that lineup. I know it wasn't anything to sneeze at Luis Severino succeeding in that outing was certainly something to look forward to, but it wasn't anything to cement his status for the 2023 season in. And then you have the start against the Dodgers where it's like, okay, Just don't completely implode. And what does he do? Completely implodes in the first inning. Six runs on eight hits. At that point, like, that's – it's either you got to figure out a way to adjust or you have to just start attacking hitters and have more confidence in your stuff because he did – he was just doing more of the same. You saw his approach did not change in that entire first inning. He was – He was kind of just, he continued to be befuddled and was kind of feeling bad for himself. It looked like his body language was not suggesting that he was ready to take on the next batter with kind of a new approach or a new attitude. Um, And it's unacceptable for somebody of his caliber or his supposed uh, caliber where um, there are these, I think, unrealistic high expectations surrounding him because of the two, you know, Cy Young-esque seasons that he had to start his career. Um, and it's been nothing but disappointment since then. And there is inherent resentment that is birthed from all of that because you have someone as talented as he is, and he continuously can't put it all together because he can't stay healthy or he, his head is not in the game. Um, and then you're kicking off an ever important series against the NL's best team, which is a statement series, um, especially to close out the West coast road trip. And that's how you kick it off after a day off. So, very frustrating to have this even be a problem. You know, if this happens with Clark Schmidt or Domingo Herman, yeah, we're, sure, we're going to bitch about it because it sucks and it's not fun to watch. But something that happens with Luis Severino or anybody, you know, from that caliber on, you don't see this happen with other, you know, one through three starters in the league. And if you do, tell me who they are because I haven't seen an out. This is literally the worst or one of the worst outings that you will ever see from a Yankee starter. And that's crazy that that is ha- absolutely crazy that this ha- this is happening to him at this juncture of his career after all the trouble that he's caused after all the headlines that he has made. So now he's back to having to redeem himself after having two good starts 
and seemingly on on the way to being on the mend and providing what this team needs in the rotation. Now he's back to having to, to, to redefine everything and prove everybody wrong again. And it's a bad spot to be in for him. I feel bad, but at the same time, you can't sit here and not criticize it because it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, Mark Silverbush in the comments, like he, he was good last year. He also missed 60 games in the middle of the season. And when it came time for the postseason. Uh, got tattooed by Alex Bregman and 19 games is not a season. I'm sorry. It's not. No. Um, he, yeah, he continued to two, two postseason starts last year, uh, winless in the postseason again, which is the norm for him. Again, he is one in four in 10 postseason starts, uh, in 11 postseason games, his career, 21 walks and 43 and two thirds innings. And by the way, Clark Schmidt, (laughs) been great. It's been really good lately. His last three starts, uh, overall 15 and two-thirds innings, 13 hits in those innings, just three earned runs, just five walks, and he has struck out 17 and 15 and two-thirds against Cincinnati, who is now threatening in the NL Central for some reason, and the Orioles and Seattle. And think of how good he would have been with a better strike zone in the Baltimore game. I got myself angry all over again today trying to trying to pitch a Luis Severino for Luis Arise trade mentally just like trying to think about it like look we know we know the yankees wanted pablo lopez they tried to trade glaber torres for pablo lopez last year we know that we think the marlins said throw oswald peraza in there and then the yankees said no we don't want to do that but the yankees have been connected to trading glaber torres they've been connected to adding pablo lopez the only difference was they've never been connected to acquiring Luis Arise from the twins who was available because he was traded for Pablo Lopez. So instead of that, I untied the knot. What if the Yankees sent Severino to the twins for Arise? What if the Yankees then sent Glaber to the Marlins for Lopez? Then they managed to get both of those players on their roster. They don't lose a beat in the rotation. I guess the, the twins were clearly looking for, uh, you know, Pablo Lopez last year wasn't very good and, and doesn't really even have the track record of Severino. He also doesn't yeah. stay healthy. They're very similar pitchers. Mm-hmm. Then the twins managed to extend Lopez and they would have done the same with Severino Lopez, by the way, all the way up to a 5.4.54 ERA this year. So I don't even know. It'd just be a more complex. It'd just be a different set of knots. It'd just be a yeah. different reality, but you know, you can get possible. a good start here and there out of them. And I think that that's, you know, honestly good enough. Um, but yeah, clip us from the offseason. I talked about picking up Severino's team option and trading him. It, it shouldn't have even, it, it should have absolutely been a consideration for this front office based on, you know, if you were encouraged by those 19 starts, really what he's he's he should be capable of, um, not even his absolute best because we've seen him perform better than that. Um, if you think that there was going to be a new leaf turned over after all that he's dealt with since, you know, the end of the 2018 season, then you're fooling yourself. And I think the Yankees did that. They had a perfect opportunity to clear some payroll and maybe get a different asset on this roster that would have helped them more. Obviously Severino's presence this year at this point with all these injuries is going to end up helping. Um, But then again, if they did some more heavy lifting, managed to acquire another starter who's been healthy all year, um, it probably would have worked out better. And then it would have avoided a headache. It was another injury situation, another magnified uh, form of commentary from him because he wasn't happy pitching a day game in fucking summer in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So like just stuff you don't need. And I don't know why it, well, maybe it was heavily considered. I, I guess you never really know 
um, with what front offices are doing behind the scenes. You know, the Yankees are always constantly working on stuff, but Cashman typically works fast on things that he wants to get done and players that he wants to get rid of. And we've seen that happen many times over the years. So the fact that nothing happened with Severino, you can't tell me that there wasn't a team out there that wasn't, that wasn't willing to take him on for $15 million on an expiring contract. There are teams yeah. who took way bigger bets than that. How many qualifying offers, you know, were, were out there to players who, to, you know, especially to pitchers who were Tyler Anderson's a way worse pitcher than Luis Severino got the qualifying offer and then got a $40 million deal. Like there would have no doubt been interest in a player of Severino's caliber. You know what? I hate stuff that I don't need or want. I just hate that stuff. Yeah. And I, I want better things. Um, you know, who's excited to maybe be <laughs> not facing, uh, I'm excited. Aaron judge, you know, if he does have to miss some time, will not have to face Lance Lynn in the second game of this White Sox series on Wednesday. Lance Lynn, Sucks. two weeks removed, uh, six and a half ERA, two weeks removed from saying the only way to stop Aaron Judge peaking is hitting him in the ribs. Unfortunately, everything has changed in the game. Lynn said, if you're giving it and the first base coach can get it, it's on you. Like, no, coaches and dugouts and things like that are out of it. I don't know what you're talking about, Lance Lynn, but I do know that he seems to have every intention of drilling Aaron Judge with a baseball. So whether he's ready to come back Tuesday or not, I would say maybe hold him out of Wednesday's lineup for a little more rest and recuperation. And I personally would like to stomp on Lance Lynn's bad pitches. Uh, the Yankees are facing Lucas Giolito, who's struggling a little bit and outperforming his peripherals. He has a four ERA and a four and a half expected uh lynn in the middle game mike clevenger in the end uh the final game of this series what a motley crew of chicago white Sox pitchers that the yankees have to face at home this week with the lineup rounding into form uh white Sox again fresh off a sweep of the tigers this one could get kind of unpleasant i don't think so white Sox suck no um, i'm just saying these guys are unpleasant i just oh like, yeah i want to look at them yeah, I mean, if you want to watch how to not pitch, go watch the highlights from Lance Lynn's previous start against the Angels last week. One of the worst outings you'll ever see. I randomly was watching that game during a work shift. I just had it on on my second screen. Um, 86 mile an hour, nothing ball to Mike Trout, who hit it fucking 460 feet and then was just serving up meatballs to Shohei Otani, who won he went yard off him once. Um yeah, and already disliked Lance Lynn from his tenure with New York. Um, did blame the Yankees for that. Um, obviously, the the facial hair policy played a role. Um, that's funny with all these things, too. Like, I actually respect players less who literally can't perform because they can't fathom the idea of not having a fucking beard or something. Um, speaking, of, speaking of who? Aaron Hicks. Um, now all of a sudden a gold glove center fielder with the Orioles. Cause he got to grow his beard out the day after he was released by the Yankees. Um, Lance Lynn was acquired from the twins. What was that? 2018. Yeah. 2018. When we really needed pitching, um, ends up leaving, goes to the Rangers, Cy Young candidate gets traded to the white Sox. had what one good year then was injured. And now this year is terrible. Um, so, yeah, I would love nothing more than to absolutely hammer him, especially when he's saying dumb shit like all these other people who are still getting involved in the conversation yet weren't involved in the actual incident and have the minority opinion by far of everybody discussing it. And it's the wrong opinion. Um cuz even I who hate the Red Sox, I hate every I hate every rival that we've ever faced 
would never say throw at a player because they're decoding signs legally. That is an absolute that I, I don't even know. Uh, how would that even stop it? And what's he talking about? Why, why is the first base coach now out of bounds in the modern game? Because you yeah. think the first base coach has an earpiece and a buzzer. Like, are you just, are you assuming that if the first base coach knows signs that he's doing it in a nefarious way, because we're in the modern world, like it's always been the first base coach relaying stuff that, and you're saying that wasn't out of bounds in the fifties and sixties, but now it's different. No, you're just angry because it's a Yankee. Now, why is yeah. it different now? That's not Third base coaches relay signs all the time. That's how the batters get the signs. That's <laughs> what they do. That's why they're there. It's like, we need, everyone needs to be reeducated on baseball again. And I don't understand how throwing at somebody is going to stop anything. It's not, it's just going to get you ejected. And if you do it, no one's going to remember why you did it. Exactly. In the post game, you're going to be like, remember the Aaron Judge side eye thing from three weeks ago? Everybody forgot about. Got that taken care of. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> congrats preemptively to Lance Lynn. Um, yeah. I hope he doesn't try to pull any shenanigans, but I'm sure he will. And then, yeah, again, before we sign off, Aaron Hicks is good now. Um, I'm not, I'm not claiming that cause he's five for 11 in his first four games with the Baltimore Orioles. Two of those are bloops. He could do whatever he wants, but he's playing center field and he's playing a good center field now. Like that's the one thing, like the offense is always going to bounce up and down. He tore his wrist sheet. There's a real reason why the offensive production wasn't there. And I don't think that's going to carry over all year. And I don't think he's going to make enough of an offensive difference, but the same guy who stared at a fair ball down the left field line last year and just hang dog hung his head stared at the ground as the rays rounded the bases is now sprinting into the gap near mccovey cove and making a leaping catch at the wall in the right center field gap in san francisco give me a break you, you imagine putting aaron hicks in center field with the yankees these they last several years drop the pop he didn't he didn't just didn't feel that pop-up in toronto what was it last year or something and then it just bounced straight up in the air run scored like He's, Remember the three pop-ups he dropped in an inning and a half in Cleveland, like a month and a half ago. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, it's really, in a, I mean, it was expected. Look, we're not, we're not that dumb where we, we say dumb stuff sometimes, but we knew that sometimes. the second he was going to go to Baltimore or the second he went anywhere, really, as long as it was not somewhere as high profile as like, if he went to the Mets, it probably would have been a disaster because of everything that's going on there. If he goes to a team like the Dodgers, you saw Joey Gallo, had the lack of success there too. Um, you knew a de-emphasized spotlight was always going to favor Aaron Hicks, but um, you did not foresee a de-emphasized spotlight all of a sudden having him reclaim his defensive days of 2019, which have not been at the forefront of his game at all for four years now. And then the Yankees were forced to literally move him out of center field because of how ineffective he was. Both his arm strength completely deteriorated, his reads on balls were terrible. His angles on balls were terrible. He dropped that. He had that easy sliding catch earlier this year. I know sliding catchers are not, they're not givens, but he had a nice read on it. And then he just missed it with his glove. Just didn't put his glove in the right spot. And it went, went past him. Um, and now he's, yeah, spacious Oracle park, one of the hardest places to play defense. And he's tracking down these balls at the warning track and making incredible, you know, outstretched leaping grabs. Um, yeah, I can't say enough about how these things infuriate me because I, I don't understand it, especially because, you know, behind the scenes, he was being encouraged by his teammates. Um, I know the fans didn't do anybody favors. We didn't necessarily didn't do anybody favor, although we were sticking up for him for a good while because we thought a lot of the criticism was really unwarranted. 
especially when he was getting booed in spring training, hadn't not done anything yet. He was just being booed for existing and then booed on opening day for existing. Like, I think there was a decent amount of outspoken people on that front saying, hey, fucking stop, because this is not how you're going to get somebody to perform well. Um, but then third game of the season, what does Aaron Hicks do? Questions his role with the team, even though he has no right to because he was he had been d- dated back to playing poorly as early as six months prior. Um, but yeah, I good, good luck to him in Baltimore. Cool. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course we are paying him to not play for our team while Harrison Bader is on the IL and judge is dealing with this toe thing. And he's suddenly proving himself to be a competent center fielder. Very ironic. Um, can't get too wrapped up in it, especially because the team is 36 and 25 and, Again, a little more 2019 even 2021E lately. Pretty damn good series in LA against the Dodgers. Pretty damn good road trip. And of course, we start this with positivity for the first 20 minutes and then end it with 40 minutes of anger. And by the end of the show, you're like, how if we started like, how can anybody be mad about this Yankee team? And then we're mad about this Yankee team for like screw it. That's how it goes. Uh, but this is a good team. This is a good team playing good baseball. They're going to have some blips and fits and starts. And they just went through a three-game losing streak where the offense looked incompetent a week and a half ago. They're probably going to do that again at some point. But so far, so pretty good for a team that's battling through a very tough schedule. And we will see you again on Thursday right here, 2 o'clock Eastern time. Thursdays, Mondays as well. You can catch us here on YouTube. We hope you subscribe. We'd love if you keep watching. The numbers are climbing, and you all are doing that business you're a massive part of what we do here we, we are very thankful for that as well as all listens on podcast platforms apple google spotify our favorite podcast platforms if you have an alternative you're welcome to use it as well we'll be there we'll be one whatever your podcast platform is you will find us there until next time i'm adam weinrib you can find me on twitter at adam weinrib thomas caradante where can the people find you oh i'm at tommy's underscore takes folks you can find us at the official Yanksco Yard Twitter account at Yanksco Yard FS. Head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We got plenty of content there. You guys are great reading and interacting. We want more of it. Hit us up. Let's talk. Um, we can end with positivity. Tommy Kane sure. came back, one inning, scoreless, pretty cool. Um, we talked earlier Donaldson, two homers in his first game back, Stanton, homer in his first game back. Um, then you had Jake Bowers in that second game, two two run homers pretty friggin' cool that pretty much was all of the offense. Aaron judge homered in that game too, but that was, you know, the, the main source of offense. Um, and then last night you have IKF with a picture fucking perfect bunt that set up the, uh, the, uh, first run of the game. Uh, cause Bruce star Gratterall cannot field his position. Um, and then you obviously end strongly with the Volpe home run and clay Holmes was dealing dude. That was really impressive from a guy who's, been struggling a bit with his control uh from time to time but now he is on and they got to ride that hot hand so yeah lots of positives but you know you come out of the series with all these problems they have to be talked about um and uh yeah we're going to be a little bit angry about it but nonetheless we're happy uh for now off day today white Sox series here we go we'll talk to you next on thursday 2 p.m eastern live right here in preparation for the red Sox series so enjoy the rest of your week everybody we'll see you then Yes, we will. Rate and review us. If you don't mind, hit the subscribe button, and we'll see you again on Thursday.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co 